0: Welcome back to the Pearls and Proverbs podcast. Wow, that feels awesome to say. After almost a year, we are finally back. Joining me here in the studio today, I've got my co-host.
1: Hello again. I'm so excited to get this back up and running. I've really missed it. Who are you? I am Deidre Bagby. (laughs) Deidre Bagby. Okay, so last
0: time we did this, you were Deidre Pinkerton. Tell us a little bit. Well,
1: I'm... I already know, but tell our listeners what happened. Well, um, I got married in October, October 17th to be exact. Of 2020. Of, of 2020, yes. So um, there was already a lot of complications with that, and it ended up that all the people in my family got COVID the week of my wedding, so I had about four people at my wedding, and my mom wasn't there. My sister wasn't there. I think the only one was, was just my dad, and he walked me down the aisle, but he hardly wanted to hug me or touch me because he, it was his last day of quarantine. So needless to say, that was not exactly my fairy tale wedding, but honestly, it went really good, and I'm very happy to be where I'm at right now. So it's all worth it.
0: Yeah, COVID kind of really messed up 2020 for a lot of people, but we're back. So, what in the world happened to this podcast? Almost a year later, um, I feel like I owe the listeners an explanation. So, what happened? Well, I told you in episode one I was a PT, physical therapy student. I ended up having more on my plate than I ever anticipated. I ended up going on clinical rotations and moving to a new place every two months, um... I got engaged, so that was very, very, nice, very, nice. very exciting. We're getting married in October to a wonderful man. Um, What else? Pretty much everything. My life just got so much crazier than I ever anticipated. Um, but we're back now, and here we are, ready to get rockin' and rollin' with our f- new episode. And I've wanted to get back with a pretty heavy topic that's kind of been on my mind, on my heart lately, and that's the topic of mental health. So for whatever reason, I kind of have gotten the sense that mental health has been sort of a touchy subject for Christians in the past. I think we're doing a really good job of moving away from that taboo or whatever you want to call it, idea that mental health is a faith issue and more starting to recognize there's more to this picture. I agree. And I said mental health in general, but what I really want to talk about today is anxiety and depression. I know I have some firsthand knowledge of anxiety. It's something I kind of battle with. Um, it got really bad when I was about a sophomore in undergrad. I changed my major and I'm not somebody who does good with change and I just had a complete freak-out anxiety panic attack whatever you want to call it when I changed my major I was originally gonna do nursing and I decided that wasn't gonna work for me I wanted to do something else but I didn't know what and so for two weeks I sat at my parents house and pretty much just cried for two weeks straight and freaked out because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, and when I finally calmed down, I realized physical therapy was always something I was interested in, and I looked into that a little bit more, and fast forward several years later, here I am, graduated from physical therapy school, and it was actually the best decision I've ever made in my life. Well, not the best decision, besides it was a it was a very good decision um I spent so much time stressing and worrying and freaking out and and praying and at the end of the day it actually was a really really good thing for me all throughout PT school I kind of struggled I I originally called it um, getting stressed out and I didn't realize It was anxiety until I went just to my primary care provider for kind of a a routine checkup. And we were talking and she was asking me, well, how are you doing? How's your mental health? Do you have anxiety, depression? And I said, no. And she said, well, I said, sometimes I get stressed out, but that's it. And she said, well, does it, do you ever get stressed out to the point it affects your eating? like, yes. (laughs) Do you ever get stressed out? And I mean, just all these questions, and I was checking the boxes, and she was like, yes, that's anxiety. (laughs) And I guess it was kind of a pride thing that wouldn't allow me to admit that for a while. I just kind of thought, I don't have anxiety. I'm not one of those people that only, you know, people with mental health problems get anxiety. That's not me. Really, it kind of took somebody else showing me, hey, this really might need to be addressed for me to realize what
1: was going on wasn't normal. Thanks, Callie, for sharing that. I know that as Christians, it's really important to share our struggles and issues in our lives so that we can help each other get through those hard things. And I I know that a lot of people did struggle um, with their underlying problems like depression and anxiety through this pandemic because they didn't know what was happening next. And on, I know not being able to be with Christians at church and at fellowships and stuff like that, that's going to heighten your loneliness, which does heighten your feelings of depression and anxiety. So, kind of transition, I, a little bit before the pandemic, I was actually diagnosed with depression. Um, so, Like many others, the pandemic only heightened those kind of issues that came along with that diagnosis. But anyone that knows you—I mean, a lot of our listeners may not know you—but anyone who knows you knows you
0: as this bright, sunshiny person, and you've actually, in reality, struggled with depression for a couple years now, two years now. It it was way longer
1: than I thought. It—I guess that I just didn't realize. What it was. Sometimes I just thought that, oh, I'm lonely or oh, I'm sad. But I have, I did never realize how chronic it was until I went to the doctor and kind of like Callie, I went through this checklist of things. And then she, the doctors just was kind of like, okay, yeah, we really need to do something about this. And it was one of those things I didn't want to talk about it because it, I, I don't want to come off as ungrateful, unhappy or anything like that. And that's kind of what you know, Callie was talking about the taboo of depression and stuff like that. But it's, it's a chemical imbalance. Um, it's not that I'm ungrateful. It's not that I don't love my life because I do. I'm very, very blessed. But that does not mean I don't have underlying problems that I need to address both physically and spiritually. How were you able or what caused you to put that happy
0: front on for people when you were struggling so much on
1: the inside? To be honest with you, I didn't put up a happy front. It was... It was highs and lows. It was days where I truly did feel genuinely happy, genuinely joyous, and then there was just completely low days where all I wanted to do is sit home and cry, and I felt lonely, but at the same time, I didn't want to be around people, and that is a huge tool for the devil. And so that's one thing that I really had to stay on top of it. If I felt... Because you can feel the symptoms of depression coming on. You you can kind of tell. There's telltale signs. And so then I'm like, I need to pick up on my praying. I need to pick up on my, my study life. And I need to be around fellow Christians. It's going to strengthen me. Because if not, it's just going to spiral into a dark place that just does not... I don't need to go there. So it's one of those things of... Um, I can tell when it's coming on. So I definitely know when I need to, you know, put on my armor of God. I think the biggest
0: battle with... I'm just going to say anxiety or depression because those are the only two mental health issues that we have firsthand knowledge of. But for me personally, and like you've stated, knowing what triggers Mm -hmm. those episodes is the first step in starting to fight that battle. So for me personally... Change, I mentioned, is a huge one. And then when I was going through school, grades were massive. I mean, so much of my identity was tied up in my test grades. I remember the first bad test grade I got, it was on a neuroscience test. It wrecked me. I mean, I cried. So I guess my sign is I cried, but Mm -hmm. I, I, Cried when I got the grade back. I called my dad and I cried. Um, I couldn't sleep that night after getting that grade back because I cried all night long. And I'm not talking about tears. I'm talking, I ugly cried because my mind just spiraled from, okay, I got this bad grade to, okay, I'm going to fail this class. And if I fail this class, I'm going to fail out of PT school. And then I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And just, it just went from one thing to another just down this horrible horrible rabbit hole when that's just so bizarre that I went from doing poorly on one test to in my mind I was going to work at McDonald's for the rest of my life which if you work at McDonald's that's not a bad thing but for me that just wasn't my goal and so when something wasn't meeting my goal I did not handle it well and my fiance and I have been going through the Bible and reading and studying together, and we read yesterday in Matthew 6. And Matthew 6, verse 34 says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What God's saying there is all you need to deal with in worry about is what is right in front of you and I heard this lesson preached one time and the preacher said the only you should never worry about two things you should never worry about things you can change because just change them and you should never worry about things you can't change because you can't do anything about it and if you haven't read Matthew 6 and you're someone who struggles with specifically anxiety, I highly, highly recommend reading it, especially verse 25 through the end of the chapter. It's got some amazing advice on how to deal with anxiety in a godly way. Um, and so I, it has been super beneficial to me and I highly recommend it to anybody else.
1: Yeah, Callie, Matthew 6 is an awesome passage to remember during times of anxiousness or anything like that in your life. Um, also, Callie, I've noticed that your anxiety really has been under control. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you did that and how you deal with that each and every day?
0: Um. Yes. Like I said, the first step was really recognizing some of those triggers. Um, I did a lot of praying and prayer was a huge, huge thing to help get me through. Um, but something that got me through just those horrible episodes of having just those thoughts of, oh my goodness, I'm going to fail out of school. I'm going to, all these thoughts that were affecting my sleeping and my eating. When I did go see my primary care provider and we started talking about it, she asked me if I'd ever considered getting on medication for it. And I said, Well, until two minutes ago, I didn't even think I had anxiety, so no, and I was very, very against medication. And so she prescribed me something called Busporone, and it's not a daily medication. She said it's specifically for anxiety, and you take it when you start feeling that nervous, anxious feeling coming on, and it helps just almost get that under control, but it's not As strong as something like Xanax or anything like that. So I guess she gave me that probably two to three years ago and I still have most of the bottle. Um, I've taken it a couple of times. I don't take it very often. For me, what I found worked in combination with prayer is diet modification and then exercise. I actually saw a study that said 15 minutes in the sunshine is better than any anxiety medication um, but I did have to take that medication
1: occasionally to keep things under control definitely don't think that there's anything wrong with taking medication I was honestly on this I think it's called citalopram and it was I, it was a daily medication that I took to help deal with my depression symptoms and it, it really did help for the majority of it but it, I definitely needed that physical supplement to help with the spiritual aid that I, that I need, first and foremost, to help with my depression. So. I know when I was really struggling with my
0: anxiety, <clears throat> a big, big thing when I was in, I guess, the worst part of it, the trenches, is I would pray, almost frantically pray, and then it wouldn't get better. And so then I would start thinking... Is my faith weak? Is God not taking away my anxiety because I'm a bad Christian? And just all these thoughts, when I didn't, I mean, we all have sin in our life, but there wasn't some major thing I could think of. But then when I was praying and praying and praying and still having this anxiety, it just almost caused more anxiety
1: because then I started feeling like I was a bad Christian And That is definitely not the case. That's one of the biggest misconceptions the devil can throw at you. Because that is a tool he uses to bring you down further and to think that God's not there for you whenever, in fact, he truly is.
0: Oh, absolutely. And so all of this that we've dealt with kind of made us want to dive into this and really look at what, what does the Bible say about mental health? And I want to look at 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. The Bible says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So I think it is not God's intention for us to constantly live in this state of anxiety or depression or whatever it it may be. And to me, that, that says that if there is help, we as Christians have a responsibility to find it.
1: But that's not to say that God expects us to be feelingless drones. He, he understands that we have feelings, but he wants us to be proactive about those feelings and not let it spiral into a negative place.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think it's very clear in scripture that God wants us to be joyful beings. He says in Romans 15:13, "May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope." So as Christians, we are supposed to be these joyful people filled with the spirit of God. So, the way I interpret all of that is we have a responsibility to take care of our mental health. Now, I kind of want to, I guess, explain and expound a little bit more on a couple of things. Um, First of all, I firmly believe that when we have sin in our lives that we are not dealing with, sin that we are just living in and ignoring and letting it consume our lives, that can lead to anxiety and depression. But just because you have anxiety and depression does not necessarily mean that you are someone who is living in sin. I firmly believe when I was struggling with all of that, and I, I still, I guess, struggle with it at times, and I am by no means a perfect person, but I do to the best of my ability, try to live within God's will for me. And I try to follow his word. And when I see a sin problem in my life, I try to eliminate it. Sometimes it comes back and I have to fight the fight again. But I, I'm i not separated from God, I don't believe. And yes, being separated from God will cause anxiety and depression. I firmly believe that. But you can be a Christian who is...
1: Trying their best and still suffer from these problems. You hit the n- the nail on the head with that. That's what I was about to say was that humans were made for God. We were not made to be separate Him and that from Him. And that's what sin done- does is separate us. So when we are separated, we're gonna fill a void. And guess what? That void gets filled with negative things, cause that's what the devil does. Um. So then you are feeling that depression and anxiety or what have you. Um, But like she said, that is not something that just because you have it as a Christian does not mean that it is because you are sinful or lacking in faith. Okay, so capitalizing on this thought of the fact that you do have these mental health issues in your life does not make you a bad Christian. I want to look to the example of Job. So, obviously, Job had all the reasons to have stress anxiety depression in his life he had so many terrible things happening to him he lost everything he lost yes yeah, so much so much that he he could have just thrown thrown up his hands like his friends and his wife and all of them were telling him to do but he did not so i want to look at job 6 verse 10 and i'm gonna read this out of the king james because i really like how it's worded so it says then should i yet have comfort yea would i harden myself in sorrow let him not spare for i have not concealed the words of the Holy One.
0: So go ahead and explain that for us a little bit.
1: Okay. So what it's saying is as his family and his friends and everyone around him was telling him, harden your heart, you know, just, di- just disregard God, what God wants and what his words say. And he's saying, you know, through these hard times, do you think I'm just going to cast away God? I can't do that. He's my rock. So in these times we need to use God as a rock. Um, Just like Job did, because we all see that there was, you know, he had great benefits from standing strong and using God as his rock. After reading everything that Job went through, he obviously dealt with probably some stress, some anxiety, and maybe even some depression. I mean, he lost everything. The difference is he faced it head on and was proactive to heal through God. Being a strong Christian does not promise exclusion from all mental health problems. It just means that we're lucky that we have God to share our burden and ease our pain.
0: Something very interesting to me that I didn't really connect until I heard someone who was preaching at our church give this series over Philippians. They read Philippians 4.4 4, and it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say, Rejoice. And in this lesson, this speaker said, joy is a command. We are commanded to be joyful Christians. And that kind of hit me pretty hard because I realized I have not always been a joyful person. And I know in previous episodes, we've discussed choosing joy and how that is a command. So how do we do that amidst anxiety and depression or whatever other mental illness we're dealing with. And what do we do when that prayer and that Bible study is not enough because we still have a responsibility to be these joyful Christians? And that's where I think getting some outside help is not a sin. And I would even go to say sometimes it's even necessary and will strengthen your spiritual walk. I almost think about it like this. It's kind of a a satirical story. This man is in a flood and first responders come and they say, sir, we're here to evacuate everyone. Let us get you out. And he says, no, God will provide. Well, the waters keep rising. And then a boat comes and says, sir, we're here to evacuate you. This flood is rising. It's going to be catastrophic let us let us get you to safety and he says no god will provide well the waters keep rising higher and higher and so this man crawls on his roof to get away from the water and a helicopter comes and they say sir the waters keep rising let us get you to safety let us save you and he says no god will provide well the waters get higher and higher until eventually the man has nowhere else to go and he drowns and dies and then when he gets to heaven, he says, God, why didn't you provide? And God says, well, I sent you a first responder in a vehicle, a boat, and a helicopter. And I mean, it's kind of a, a dark, funny story, but God has given us medical professionals who can help us. And there's so many things that we get help for you know if you have the flu or strep throat you go to the doctor and you get antibiotics or Tamiflu or whatever so why would you not go get help if help is out there for a mental health disorder Deidre I know you probably had a lot more help from a medical professional than I did so how did that help you your mental health and then also how did that help your spiritual life as well
1: Well, I think it's kind of like what you said, whenever you don't think of it as something that you did wrong, um, and you realize that it actually is something that is is medically wrong with you with, you know, your hormones, with your chemicals, and it's just, it's not you personally, that makes a world of difference, because then you're more apt to talk about it. And then once I started talking about it, I realized there's so many people that I've known my whole life, who had never, I guess, been comfortable talking about their struggles because they once again thought it was a taboo subject and so whenever I talked about it they were like oh my goodness I've I thought it was just me who's struggling with this this has been something that I've dealt with for years and so it's been it's been kind of a little avenue to realize that there's people everywhere who has the same problems and that only that doesn't just help you that helps them and then it may then you can talk about it and then pray about it together and then you realize that you're not alone and that's what depression does to you is it tells you you're alone, but but that's that's also the devil. Um, You're not alone. You always have God. And I think that's something, you know, whether it's depression or anxiety, you, you look back to why are we created. We are created for God. So at the end of the day, your struggles, the things that you're worried about, give it up to God. Because that's what you were made for, was to give it all up to God and to... You know, it says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Well, put your burden on him. He can he can handle it. He is strong. I mean, he went to the cross for you, so he he can handle your day-to-day struggles. And it's it's small once you think about it because you can think of how great and how big God's love is for you. So it's it's small in comparison, really.
0: We read Philippians 4, verse 4 earlier, but if you skip down to verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then again in verse 7, it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. Like you said, give it to God. Let Him help you. And I also want to reiterate Something you said earlier, Satan's biggest tool in any struggle or sin problem is telling you, This is all you. This is something you're fighting through alone. If it's sin, it's this is you're the only one who's this bad. You're the only one who struggles with this sin. If it's, you know, a struggle, he tells you, You're the only one that's ever gone through this. You're alone. Nobody will understand. And the fact of the matter is that's just not true. God gave us this built-in support system in the church of fellow Christians. And I promise you, whatever you're going through, there is somebody who has either gone through something very similar, if not exactly the same, or they know someone or they know of someone, and there is help out there. So whatever form you get help for whatever you're struggling with, that works for you, do it, but just get help whether that's medical help, whether that's other people, but learn what it is. And if you don't know, reach out to someone. If nothing else, reach out to us. We would love to talk to anyone that struggles with either the same thing we've said we struggle with or if it's something new, um we'll research it and help you. I mean, I would
1: we'll absolutely- study about it together. We'll pray about it together. Yeah.
0: Always, always, always feel free to reach out to us. I guess kind of the final thing I would like to say here in conclusion is while medical help can be super beneficial, what I am not saying is that medical help is replacing.
1: Right. It is a supplement and it is coupled with faith yes. and prayer.
0: Faith and prayer and turning to God should always be What we do first and should be our main source. But then supplementing that with other assistance can be extremely beneficial. So I think that kind of wraps up everything that we had to say here today. If you have struggles, if you have questions, if you need anything, please reach out to us. You can reach us um, on Facebook, Instagram. On Facebook, we're at Pearls and Proverbs Podcast. And then you can just find us on Facebook. At the pearls and proverbs podcast but yeah reach out to us if we can do anything for you if you have a question if we can pray for you let us know we would love to do or that let us
1: know things that you know if you've experienced some of the things we've talked about today let us know some things you did
0: yes and we can get that information to other people um, also, something I'd like to start doing, if you would like to come on the show to talk about something if, that you feel like would be very beneficial to fellow Christians, or if you know someone who has a story to share and think they would be interested in coming on the show, go ahead and send us a message on social media about that, too, because I'd love to start getting some new guests on. And in the other news of relaunching this podcast next week I have a very very exciting episode coming for you with a very very special guest so be sure to tune in next Monday to see who this special guest is and thank you for listening to the Pearls of